Hello, I am Joel McLeod, and welcome to the 905. Last week, a civic meeting at the Benetto Community Center in Hamilton was shut down due to attendees' disruptive behavior. The purpose of the meeting was to inform the local community about a proposed site for the Hamilton Alliance for Tiny Shelters, or HATS, project. We've spoken about the HATS project before on the podcast. However, over the last year, what seemed to be an innovative way to address the tent encampments and rising homelessness around Hamilton has turned into a lightning rod of controversy. Seemingly, the city has been unable to take the leadership to find a suitable location and encourage local support for the project. Proposed sites are constantly met with opposition and consensus on the project is divided at best. All of this fighting is happening while homelessness and tent encampments continue to grow and become a staple of life in Hamilton. While cities around Ontario, namely Waterloo and Kingston, have embraced the concept of a small secure shelter for the homeless, Hamilton still seems in turmoil over whether or not it wants hats to succeed. As the housing crisis continues across the country, where could HATS fit into a new housing strategy that seeks to help people get back on their feet and climb the social ladder once again? To find out, we reached out to Tom Cooper, one of the co-founders of the HATS project and director of the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction, to talk about where the project stands today and what's at stake with its success or failure. Well, uh, thank you, Tom Cooper uh, of the uh, Hamilton Poverty uh, Roundtable, uh, for coming on to the podcast today to talk about about the the Hats Project, which, if you're in the uh, Hamilton area, the GTHA probably has popped up a bit on your radar, especially in light of uh, the the national crisis that we're having. Um, Tom, thank you for for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Joel. Uh, I'd like to start off. Uh, just to kind of lay, lay the, the the picture for our, uh, our our listeners, I wonder if you can explain what you saw at the Benetto Community Center last week uh, at the meeting that uh, that was set up by the City of Hamilton to consult uh, for consultation surrounding the Hats Project. Mm-hmm. It was an opportunity we thought for us to engage local community members. This idea around building a small village of tiny homes for people who are in house has, has been around in our community for almost a couple of years now. And we've been trying to work with city council to identify an appropriate location. Um, we've, we've had some great support from the community. Uh, we've been able to raise some funds and, and we have a fantastic volunteer team. And, and so our thought was, to try to uh, engage the local community, get some feedback, ask for some guidance, and, and really talk to them about the project that we envisioned. Uh, just as a little bit of a backstory to it, the HATS project, the Hamilton Alliance for Tiny Shelters, has, has gone to City Council a, a few times over the past uh, year or two. Um, we, we've had a couple of starts and, and then stops uh, with potential locations. One one site we identified fairly early on was the Sir John A. McDonald High School grounds, which was offered to us by the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board. 
And uh, we had high hopes that that spot might work for for our first tiny cabin village. Uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of political pushback at that time, and the local councillor was was not at all in favour of it, and, and so that wasn't able to move forward. Uh, several months later, we were offered another property in Hamilton's East End on Barson Street near Sherman, and it was a small parking lot, and, and admittedly, it probably wasn't optimal. Um, but we did engage the community on, on those occasions as well. Uh, a couple of community meetings at Tim Hortons Field, which isn't too far away. And we heard loud and clear that uh, the community was concerned and and didn't like the spot. And it didn't seem like it would work out. So we walked away from that as well. Now, over the summer, the city had uh, a number of consultations with the public on, on the encampment protocol. And, and really how the city would move forward in terms of trying to identify appropriate locations for our unhoused neighbors uh, to, to stay if, if they couldn't find, find either a shelter or, or a home. And uh, out of that process came a recommendation that was put forward by the city to, to, for the HATS project, which we've been talking to them about quite a bit. Uh, to, to have a two-year pilot project on this location on Strawn Street near near James uh, James Street North, and it's right now there are uh, a lot of uh, encampments in the area, and local residents have been fairly concerned about about the impact of those encampments. Um, they've uh, they've mentioned open drug use and and safety concerns. Um, and 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 so we went into a situation maybe uh, that was already a little bit volatile. And and I think when we went into Monday's open house um, with the opportunity, I think for us to learn from from the local neighbors, I, I think a lot of other people had already become just fed up with the uh, situation they had seen over over a number of months, and and weren't at all interested in engaging with the HATS program. And unfortunately, that, uh, that turned to violence in, in at least two instances. Uh, and, and certainly there was a lot of uh, uh, violent confrontations and yelling taking place. And it's not really uh, any way to engage in, in, in this type of civic discourse about, uh, about what we saw as a, a critical community project. So unfortunately, the, uh, the events had to be shut down uh, and that was on the city's recommendation, and we certainly uh, endorsed that, given given the high intensity, that the, the high tension in the mm-hmm. room. And uh, we thought, um, yeah, we thought we'd uh, look for other other ways to engage the local community. You know, uh, looking at the the coverage of, of that meeting, a lot of criticism has been leveled against the city um, for the organization of that meeting, and, and a bit broader on the on the handling of this. Uh, of the HATS project. Uh, how would you characterize the city's approach to finding a permanent spot for this, for, for the HATS project in, in Hamilton? Yeah, we, we've certainly been frustrated at times. Uh, we've developed a, a fairly good working relationship with, uh, with senior staffers at the city of Hamilton, as well as councillors and, and, and local city councillor Cameron Cruyff is, is very, is very supportive of this project. I think our challenge has, has been kind of walking into a situation that was already brewing and and 
concerns from the local population about uh, instances of, of tent encampments in their neighborhood. And we thought this program might be an opportunity to, to provide some stability. Uh, what the city recommended in the report that came out in August was really the Hatch Project would be the only uh, encampment-like um, program of its kind along that strong linear park area. And, and so we hoped uh, by having a little bit of oversight, by providing 24-hour staffing and, and security, it might provide the opportunity for, for those individuals who are currently living in encampments to, to find a little bit of, of, of stability and, and safety and, and improve their health, certainly, as we work with them through a wraparound approach to try to transition them into affordable housing, supportive housing options once those become available. Um, I think the local community is, is concerned that the encampments won't uh, be moved and, and that we'll have both the HATS program and the tent encampments in the same location. That's simply not going to be the case. Um, our project, I don't think, would work uh, in, in terms of uh, sitting side by side with, with tent encampments. I, it, it's just not the model that we've been proposing. And we also know there's lots of people out there who are experiencing homelessness for the first time. So there's, con you know, there's concerns about um, poor behavior on on the part of individuals who experience homelessness. And, that, and sure, that happens. We'd be naive not to acknowledge that. But a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness are, are just terrified of their situation. Um, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's because of economic evictions like soaring rents or or other reasons, people have been displaced from their homes and and they have nowhere else to go because they can't afford the skyrocketing rents we're seeing in the greater toronto hamilton area and and so they're looking for options like this uh to really stabilize their lives to be able to to find um some some hope uh, that they can get themselves housed down the road right uh, so so that's really where this project comes from it, it's really trying to provide that sense of, of of hope that we can we can get people back onto their feet into more appropriate housing options nobody sees hats the hamilton alliance for tiny shelters as a permanent solution and nobody wants to see these tiny cabin villages spring up you know across across the community and last for for years and years and years you know we see this as a very short-term option really to transition people into into more appropriate and, and supportive housing and 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 so we need the government uh, to step up at all levels of government, federal, provincial, and and municipal too, to to really do make those investments in affordable oh. housing so that we can get. On on that note, though, like, do you believe that the city wants this project to succeed? And by that, I mean, we, I hear a lot of councillors saying, "Oh, we want this to happen," but I don't see any political capital being spent on this. I don't see anybody really kind of going to the bar uh, the the barricades to say. You know, this is part of our solution to solving the homelessness in Hamilton. I see, like, there's a lot of criticism towards council is that they're giving a lot of lip service and trying to suck and blow at the same time, if you will, on this. How, do do you believe that this that the city actually wants the Hatch Project to succeed, or is this just a let's just keep keep kicking the can down the road? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a good question. I, I have to believe that those at the city who've been working with us do want us to succeed. Um, but it's a hugely challenging situation, right? Nobody wants mm-hmm. this type of program in their neighborhood. And it becomes very challenging um, ar- around location. Uh, we've we've identified a couple of other sites in in the city of Hamilton in the past, and and they haven't worked out for various reasons. But I I do believe uh, there's good faith at the city, uh, both from senior staff who've been working with us, as well as uh, particularly the local councillor who've been working with who we've been working with, but other councillors as well. So I think they do want to this succeed, but. Again, it's just a pilot project, and and they want to test out the idea. We know it's worked well in in some other places, uh, particularly in in Waterloo region, where the region of Waterloo just invested around five million dollars mm-hmm. into this sort of program, and and now they have fifty tiny tiny cabins set up. City of Kingston has has put some money behind uh, a similar project as 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 well, and I visited that about six months ago. And, and it's working really well. The city um, donated a, uh, a municipally owned uh, facility uh, for for common washroom and, and kitchen facilities and, and and laundry, and it's working well. It's uh, it's located down by uh, Kingston's waterfront, and, and there's about uh, ten or twelve cabins set up, uh, accessible for those who who need it. And and I had the chance to talk to some of the uh, some of the residents there, and they said. The, the program has, has really turned their life mm-hmm. around, particularly for individuals who spent years out on the street. Um, this type of, uh, this type of situation for people who, for various reasons, uh, don't want to go to the shelter system because of fear or because of concerns about health or, or safety, um, you know, have an option in, in a program like this for individuals who are in a couple. You don't want to break up and, and go to separate shelters because that's usually not an option. Um, you know, here's 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 a program that that could work for them. Even individuals with uh with who've been evicted who have a pet, like a, uh, and, and we've heard these stories. Individuals, right. uh, a, a woman was evicted. Uh, she didn't want to give up her cat, uh, so she took her cat with her to live on the uh, in a tent encampment on the side of Hamilton's escarpment and. You know, these are these are the stories that are are um, in our community, and and we can find creative solutions. and And here's one. And I, I do believe the city council will get behind it, and and you know see the value in this sort of idea. Well, I, I, I'm glad that you think that that council is on, is on board with this, because um, it seems to me that you know, no matter what site that is proposed for this. In the end, you always come up against opposition from residents. I mean, most recently, the biggest, I think, uh, opposition was uh, Leuna uh, voicing their opposition to the a proposed site, which was uh, opposite of their, uh, their 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 headquarters or close to one of their, their properties. Mm-hmm. What do you take away from the, from this fact? You know, are, are Hamiltonians opposed to this idea? Uh, or, or sorry, are they still open to the, to the project? And if they are not open to it, then how do you, how do you hope to proceed on this? Yeah, these are tough questions. And we are still in our due diligence phase, really, Joel. Um, when the city offered us the, the strong, uh, linear park location, we said, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to take a look at it over the month of September, look at it from an infrastructure perspective, because we need, you know, full access washroom facilities there, which, which don't currently exist. So we'd have to bring in 
a uh, either a trailer or some sort of modular unit and, and hook it up to, to the wastewater system. We'd have to hook up hydro and all that. That's an extraordinary amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to uh, we need both from an infrastructure budget perspective, we have to look at that. We also have to look at it from a safety perspective, both for the uh, tiny cabin village residents as well as you know for for others in the community. Um, in terms of Leuna, we've had uh, we've had some good conversations with them, and um, I, I understand their position. Uh, their uh, Leuna station is 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 really a uh, beacon of of you know a uh, Hamilton that uh, Hamilton landmark really uh, that uh, gets a lot of attention, gets a lot of visitors each year for for various conventions and weddings and banquets and that sort of thing. Um, and, and they're concerned about uh, individuals who are currently homeless, um, you know, uh, creating uh, creating a nuisance on on that property. And um, I, again, we we've told them we think our project could could stabilize the local neighborhood um, by ensuring that you know individuals would be in a setting that had some oversight, that had some security, and and, and people would. You know, have washroom facilities, which is really, you know, really critical. And, and you know, if, if people are, are are in tent encampments and and there's no place to go to the washroom, you know, they're gonna they're gonna use places close by, and and that's what Leon has been experiencing. So, so I I, I do appreciate their concerns, um, but I, I think as a community, uh, we can we can come together and 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 find mutually acceptable solutions. Come to compromises. We're not going to get everything we want um, neither hats nor nor the local community maybe but uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I think we could come and find some common ground it, the, the I think that the reason why this is getting such uh, a high profile is because um, nationally we are in the midst of a national housing crisis uh, that's going on and I kind of want to get your I I, I mean I, I see the inherent value of this project and it's reassuring that so many other municipalities in in Ontario are kind of taking this up. I want to get your perspective on how do you see the Haas project fitting into this national housing crisis narrative? I mean, right now the pressure is on, we need to build affordable housing and to the layman, it's like, well, okay, we're, I need to go get a mortgage or I need to afford rent. And here you are giving money you're giving a free house to these people who yeah. in their in their mind they figure they may not deserve it or just the fact mm-hmm. of i'm i'm hurting i need to pay rent i need to pay my mortgage yep. and they're getting a free yep. house how do you how do you see the house project fitting into this overall crisis that we're experiencing in canada yeah i think we, we see it very much in parallel to the traditional shelter system but but really being able to acknowledge that not everybody will fit in to the shelter system for various reasons. Uh, and I, I mentioned some of those already. Um, I, I, th- I think our vision for this project is, is that HATS village members will have a stake in, in their community's future. And one of the things we're hoping, and we're not making this mandatory at all, but a, a lot of people who are currently experiencing homelessness are our own provincial social assistance programs, either Ontario Works or, or ODSP, um, for whatever the, the reason may be. Um, directing 
their portion of uh, their shelter allowance to this project is, is something we've talked about. So it wouldn't necessarily be be a free ride necessarily, um, but it would be contributing uh, to the betterment of, of the tiny village community and, and, and helping with the operations on that level. We'd also want to ensure that anybody who, who came to the tiny village community or the tiny cabin community um, wanted to contribute and take part in cleanup and, 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 and be part of uh, certainly uh, improving uh, skills development if, if that was appropriate for them taking uh, taking part in, uh, in in other programs whether uh, addiction counseling or, or other things so we really do see this as as an opportunity for healing people who've been on the street mm-hmm. for a long time and, and maybe maybe under tremendous trauma and 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 so I think I think the general population understands that and and values the opportunity to uh, to see this program succeed. No, this might this may may have been my one of my should have been one of my first questions, but I, I may have dropped the ball on this. But you know, it, it I mean, people might not know the difference between what this tiny shelter project is and what the mission or shelter system would be. It, can you maybe just elaborate on just how that it's this isn't just a, a fancy missions you know a, a shelter system or a mission system that you know that you have people just going in for a day to get a bed and mm-hmm. and dealing with that that can you maybe just elaborate just how, what the hat system is different than previous uh homelessness solutions yeah this this project this proposal really offers more autonomy i think for the individual and and so they be getting their own their own cabin, their own key, blockable space, mm-hmm. uh, so that they can have some privacy, which which often isn't available at the traditional shelter system. And we know shelters do an amazing job, and and they have a great group of staff and volunteers helping helping individuals who often have nowhere to turn. Um, but there are challenges with that system too, and providing we think providing this alternative. Uh, for those who aren't in the shelter system. So it would be for people who are currently in tent encampments and maybe in, in dangerous situations, because we've, we've gone out and talked to a lot of people who are currently unhoused about their situation, whether they think um, they would fit into this sort of project. And in almost 100% said yes, they'd love the opportunity to have a, a lockable space where they could keep themselves and their belongings and and stay warm and and so these uh these tiny shelters would have their own feeding system they'd have a little microwave um so people could uh could warm warm food a small fridge and uh and an opportunity to to store a couple of belongings but we'd want to be very careful about uh, not uh not endorsing the idea of hoarding um, mm-hmm. which often comes with the with uh, some individuals experiencing homelessness with high acuity. So we'd be very careful with that. Um, the shelter system, on the other hand, is more of a, a community uh, uh, space where um, people may stay on mats in, in a common room. And uh, there can sometimes be concerns about uh, individual safety or, or health in those situations. And, 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 and so it's just really a, a different alternative, both, 
both are, are essential, um, but we think ours might be a, a good fit for those who otherwise can't fit into the shelter system for various reasons. There's something you were, you just mentioned that it, it sparked my head. It, you know, we're, we're dealing with a, a national housing crisis and the, the issue of affordable housing for people of uh, various economic backgrounds, uh, not just in Hamilton, but across the country. And it, it struck me that what we're really dealing with is the loss of autonomy over your, over your person. And I'll, I'll explain, I'll expand on that, that thought is that the more, the more, more secure you are in your financial situation, the more autonomy you have over your daily decisions in your life. You can choose where to eat, what to eat, you know, working from home, et cetera. You have, you just have more control of your life. And as you lose and a lot of it is tied to our our, our homes. So you have a safe, secure home. You have that much more autonomy over how to live your life. When you lose your home, or if you're on that precariousness of of losing your home, you're you're at risk of losing your rent, your apartment, whatever. Um, that 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 ends up becoming like a. a, a I'm gonna I'm gonna. This might be a, a euphemism, but I really do think it's a pit. You end up falling into it because it's hard to gain back that autonomy if you. Don't have things like a like a, a mailing address, a simple yep. a simple mailing address to collect to to correspond with people, or a phone, you know, be able to even have like a basic landline, something that a way that people can touch base with you. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I just I see this as this is a better safety net, if you will, than the housing than the mission system or the the shelter system, in my opinion, just because it does give that that shred of autonomy over your life that you can use, you can use that seed to rebuild your life. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's, uh, that's something we're hoping to see as well. And um, from the research we've done into other tiny cabin communities ac across Canada and in the U S that seems, that seems to be working. And there seems to be a much higher success rate of moving people into permanent forms of housing from this type of program, uh, as opposed to the shelter system on its own. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right, Joel, about the idea that poverty is about lack of choice in your life. And, and we've argued for a long time, particularly when looking at Ontario's woefully ina inadequate social assistance rates, that, you know, keeping people in deep poverty is, um, it, it's certainly heart wrenching, um, and soul destroying, uh, but, it, it is taking away that autonomy. And we feel that certainly providing uh, a stable place to, to call home, even if it's for several months until, uh, until something more permanent comes along, is, is really a critical part of that healing process. When, uh, when we were testing out the idea of basic income here in Hamilton a few years ago, uh, we found that almost to a person, uh, people who were receiving basic income uh, were, were using that financial support uh, for things to improve their lives, uh, eating healthier, they were buying buying clothing, they were re-engaging in, in the community, their their physical and mental health improved. And we, we think the same outcome uh, will result from from this sort of program because it is offering stability and, and that autonomy that you talk about. Mm -hmm. 
I well, it, I'm glad you brought up the the basic income idea because I, I we did an, a, a couple episodes on that way back when we first started, um, and just how I, how simple and, and transformative it was uh, to 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 people. The the idea of just you know we we we're hearing all about your freedom in the press these days. You know the, the importance of having that personal freedom. And I, th- I kept thinking to myself, what more freedom is it to just say, well, here's here's a check to cover your basic needs. Yep. Go do with it what you will. And say, I'm going to trust you that you know what's best for you. You know, if you need to pay rent this week or this month, this is what's going to help you out. If you need to go buy groceries, this is what's going to help you out best. And I, 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 and I, I think that this project kind of parallels that to say, we're just going to give you a safe, secure home, and you can get on your feet, and then you figure out what's best. If you need to go get uh, 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 you know, a better education, you need to go complete a, a college course, or if you need to, uh, you just need a, a stable address to go apply to a job or a place to go wash up so you can you don't come in wearing the same clothing yeah. or you, you know you look disheveled when you walk into a job interview. If that's what it takes to get you back in your feet, why don't we give it to people? And I, I'm rambling here, and it's a podcast. I'm allowed to do that, <laughs> um, but it, it kind of comes down to a fundamental rethinking of this issue. And I think we're we're at a point in our society where we can honestly ask ourselves these questions: Is that the previous ways, like the mission? I'm thinking like the mission and the shelter system, and Ontario works and these things. There, I find they're geared with this underlying premise of you did this to yourself, and you know we can't trust you anymore. You're not trustworthy. You're not, you're, you're a bad person and we're doing this because we have pity on you, not because it's a failure of, you know, a failure of the system or it's a run of bad luck or any number of, any number of countless reasons why, 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 why your circumstances have have gone down or taken a downhill uh, turn. Like, is it just a matter of like, we just got to rethink how that, you know, that, that, that the, the lower, the lower rungs of society are not there because they choose to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a matter of putting faith in people again. And I think, I think we've mm-hmm. lost that particularly over the last few years. We, we need to regain our common shared sense of humanity. And, you know, we've been living in a antiquated, uh, social assistance system that's broken keeps individuals on Ontario Works uh, earning seven hundred and thirty-three dollars mm-hmm. a month, uh, which comes nowhere close to meeting cost of rent in, in any of our communities. Let alone being able to purchase nutritious food, stay clothed, buy hygiene products, be able to get around the community. Uh, yeah, so when when we tested the idea of basic income here in Hamilton as well as in uh, Thunder Bay and in Lindsay. We really did find those outcomes were were transformational as, as essential. Yeah, even even things you wouldn't expect. Um, we we worked with McMaster University after the pilot was canceled to to survey more than two hundred basic income pilot participants here in Hamilton. And one one of the unusual things they found was that people were smoking less when they were on basic income. And, mm-hmm. and you might think, well, you have more money, why why wouldn't you? more but that wasn't the case and and i really do think 
it was about that piece of autonomy. People felt control over their lives again, and and so maybe they didn't feel they needed to engage in in, in unhealthy practices because you know they can had I, other I, ways. Can I give you my agency over their lives? Can I give you my two my two cents and unscientific opinion on why that was the case? Yeah, um, you smoke a, a lot of times because you're bored and you have nothing else to do. If you have capital in your pocket and you say, well, I can go to, I can go back to school and I have to mm -hmm. go to the library or I have a job, I have job interviews I need to get around to. You don't have time to say, well, I'm just going to pull out a smoke, pull out and smoke because I got nothing to do. Right. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah. you know, bu busy, ha busy hand or was it idle hands or the, or the work of the devil, um, <laughs> yeah, good point. That, that, that kind of mentality. If, if you give, and it, I, I always view that like, Bring it back to the hats and and an income basic income. It's more of an investment in people to say, you know, if we, we keep hearing people are our our number one resource in our economy, so why wouldn't we put capital behind that resource and just say, get out of the way, right? Exactly. Go go exactly. see go see what you're going to do. Um, we had on, uh, yeah, we, we we've had on people before, and it's just talked about how they you know they use it to start businesses and 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 mm -hmm. what I thought if you could combine that with a hats project so to catch those people who have who are dangling on the last rung of society so to speak um instead of just saying well we're going to punish you in a shelter system and i i say this because my my wife is works in, in the social work world and she tells me about the shelter system and how it's just so unsafe and it's so sketchy and it's just so unstable. It's not. It's not a. It's not a means to get somebody back on their feet and say, okay, start climbing up that social ladder again. It, it the, those the success stories that we hear are exceptions to the rule. They are not. They're not proof that the system is working. They're people who have defied the system. Um, and so I said, well, I could, um, I, I'm rambling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to my last question here that I've written down. Um. And now you mentioned before about uh, Waterloo and Kingston, as well as, as cities that have done similar projects to the HATS uh, uh, system. We've had on uh, the podcast uh, city councilors from Mississauga who are talking about implementing a similar system there. Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, a like, bit of Hamilton pride here. What, what was it say about Hamilton? Should this project fail? Should the, should they let that this project just fall by the wayside because of inaction, or just general malaise from the public? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's it's inaction or malaise. I, I think there's a fair bit of fear um, and and a fa unknown factor as well as to to what this project means for, for local neighborhoods. And we've had pushback everywhere we've tried to go, uh, given uh, given that we've done community consultations and, and you know, heard very loud and clear that, that a lot of individuals don't want in their neighborhood. And that's understandable. There's, there's, uh, there's concern there. Um, but I think we can overcome those uh, by having civil conversations, about what this project is all about, uh, the safeguards that are in place for both the tiny cabin residents as, as well as for the local neighborhood, and and talking about an exit strategy as well. Again, nobody wants to see this five or seven or ten years down the road. Um, you know, we'd love to be able to have this set up for two or three years, uh, be able to transition individuals into more appropriate supportive housing. 
um, and and then you know shut it down. And you know we could use uh, the, the shed in in somebody's garden or something after that. But you know it, it's incumbent on massive massive investments in affordable housing and support <laughs> services. And it's not just the hard infrastructure piece of of affordable housing. We also need those support services to to help uh, people stay in those affordable units um, because that's all often been the big challenge and that's really where that's sad sad to say the provincial government has really fallen down in terms of, of funding and support and and that's where we need them to, to really pick up the ball and and, and engage communities again in, in those uh, soft services that do keep mm-hmm. people housed and, and keep them uh, keep them in in a situation that that improves their health quite frankly because it's and you said this before it's 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 an investment in all of our futures it's uh it's helping those individuals but as taxpayers it's also helping us uh to that mm-hmm. see projects like this succeed because we know there's far fewer costs to the healthcare system there's far fewer costs to right. the justice system in terms of, of lost earning potential um so i i think i think this project is a win-win um, but we just have to get over this hump of, of recognizing that we don't want it in our neighborhood and, and, and having some, yeah, uncomfortable, tough conversation. Uh, but, but recognizing that, uh, maybe it's not going to be quite as, as concerning as you think it might be. The, the thought that would pop in my head is if you find a spot for it, if the city had promised that right, like right now, who knows how, how it's going to, but foreseeably for the next two years, the, the, the federal government's going to try and build affordable housing and they're going to try and push this forward. And they're going to make, put all these conditions on the, the municipalities across Canada to, you know, change zoning bylaws and whatnot to permit this more affordable housing, presumably to be built in the places that we need it. Um, I would, I would just put it out there. It'd be, if the Hamilton said, okay, we put a site there the house project is temporary, but as you say, in two or three years, we will greenlight affordable apartment rentals to be built there. Um, you know, and that that think of it more as a as a affordable housing seating project as opposed to uh, uh, you know a, a, a fancy tent encampment. I guess is kind of how the yeah. the 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 the, per, the, pro, the public is viewing this at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think that would be optimal. Really, is if we could transition individuals from from tiny cabins in, into those sort of supportive mm-hmm. housing units. And we, we've had some great conversations locally with uh, organizations like Indwell, which which is doing right. an amazing job building up building supportive housing uh, for vulnerable people in Hamilton and, and really right across southern Ontario. So we'll continue to have those conversations and and with City Housing Hamilton and others. Um, but again, I think uh, short term, uh, we have to recognize that there are you know, hundreds of people on the streets right now. Winter is coming. Uh, we need we need some protection for them. We need some safety for them, some stability for them. And, and so we see this as a short term opportunity to, to keep people alive, quite frankly. And I know people are, are adamant they don't want to see tent encampments in their city, which I totally agree with. I do, I do think tent encampments are inherently dangerous and unsafe for uh, not just uh, uh, Hamiltonians, but I think, you know, also, well, Hamiltonians are part of the residents, but like the residents of the tent encampments, it's unsafe for them. It's unsafe for 
park patrons or neighborhood patrons that that's our thing um but i don't see them going away i think that this is a, a project that could be a a much safer alternative otherwise the alternative i think is the state that we're going in right now is bigger tent encampments uh in in the parks and uh and roadways of of hamilton and not just hamilton i think the entire gta is facing this problem um exactly. so we, we need we need new new solutions to to these problems uh i see so we're coming up on our time and i don't want to take too much of your, your more of your time tom i know you're busy busy man uh thank you very much for coming on the podcast today uh i suspect we'll be hearing more about the hatch project um around the uh in the in the future thank you joel it's been great being on that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always you can send us your feedback thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca we'd love to hear from you you can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through patreon as well as paypal visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab as well links are in the show notes for your convenience Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Did Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.